0: life is a matter of choice. Oh, and what a privilege to talk to you about this most riveting topic in Logotherapy, namely that our lives are determined by the kind of choices we make. This is such a difficult thing for us to realize. You know, we most often are just haphazardly part of whatever is happening, you know, swayed by this opinion and that and looking for answers here and there. And we don't quite fully realize what power has been invested in us. Yes, We can and actually must overcome every obstacle, all these doubts and confusions and insecurities and, you know, swaying of different opinions. We have to overcome them in a most meaningful and worthwhile life. Our lives are a gift. We will contemplate this ever more deeply. The point here is that our lives need not be cast aside or left to others to dictate or to bad influence to determine. We are meant, Victor Frankl said, to be victors, not victims. We can turn even adversities and problems into personal triumphs. In fact, as we will also contemplate beyond this particular discourse, life is a task, a mission. And let no one and nothing try and delude you into believing otherwise. I'm speaking to our logotherapy students enrolled for our courses in the Viktor Frankl Institute of Logotherapy, of which I'm the president, in the first place, but it's also addressed to you, dear listener, whoever you are, and because you share our interest in the teachings of Viktor Frankl. Most welcome. Logotherapy is so exciting and vital to all of us. Why? Because it illuminates the very essentials or fundamental principles of our existence. The question is, you know, what are we essentially like as human beings? What defines us as distinctively human? What makes us other than mere animals or products dictated by the instinct of survival or unable to exercise control over what these animals are haplessly subjected to or confronted with? As human beings, we are free to have a hand in what happens to us and to our world, wow, what a commission! Frankel formulated our distinctively human capacities as follows: We have freedom of will, that is, we are free to choose how we will respond or what we will do in the face of whatever confronts us in life, but those choices listen carefully are very much motivated by the fact that we have what Frankel calls a will to meaning. We want to make sense out of our lives. It must speak to us in a way that draws us, inspires us, and commissions us. We want to be clear-headed and whole-hearted living our lives with conviction and a sense of mission or purpose. Doesn't this appeal to you? Oh my, it inspires me! Freedom of will and the will to meaning and meaning in life are thus the three basic tenets upon which Logotherapy is based. We've been given the freedom, and the intuitive desire or fundamental will to find the real meaning of our lives and to realize it. Being created in this way, my goodness, why not become what we've been created to be? What a tragedy if we do not do that! And what have we been created to be? We will pursue this question also in forthcoming discourses. Suffice to say that we have been created to achieve what? True human greatness. Listen to me. True human greatness. True human stature has everything to do with what is moral, what is right, what is commendable, and what is good. Think about it. Are those not the features that you admire in a person that you respect and see as being truly human? We are not meant to be inhumane. Look how you are put off by people with ugly, violent, and hurtful behavior, uh, that really oppress and slander other people? Can you hold them up as role models? Those things we are commanded not to be or to do. To be human is to be humane. Humane, to be humane, compassionate and caring and to love and revere life as something precious, as a gift, not only our own, but particularly those of others. And this is exactly where we'll see our commission really is, first of all, to rise to this level of humanity in ourselves, but then to safeguard, protect, enhance the dignity of the lives of other people. We are to revere life, not to spoil or harm and, God forbid, destroy it. The commission is to be realized, you know, by each one of us personally. It's in a commission that comes to you. It comes to me. That's where God spoke about Abram. When I called him, God said in the Bible, he was but one. We are personally addressed it's not a communal kind of command, it's not a general rule, it's something that is spoken to you, and to you personally, and singularly, you are called like Adam, We are you, Adam, God calls us by name, and asks us, where are we? He wants us to stand in front of him, take up our uh, cross, our commissions, and march into the world, overcoming what is bad and evil and wrong by the power of good. And as we do, oh my, how we increase in human stature! Free world obedience to life's call to realize our human destiny. Namely, to become what we are ought or supposed to be, will feel good to us. It will feel right. You've got a yardstick inside you, conscience, that can know that when you do something right, that it is indeed right. It feels right. It does good. It has the right consequences. Right. And what is more, we will feel approved when we do right and blessed. In doing what is right and what we feel is expected of us. If we've been given these capacities, will it not be expected from us to realize them? So we will then feel blessed, you know. Will It will prove deeply, deeply meaningful to us what would we feel? We'll feel true to ourselves. We'll feel at home with ourselves and we'd be able to say, wow, this is me. Right. And what is more, we'll feel tuned into our lives. Uh, connected to our lives in a real and meaningful way because there's a task out there and it's coming to us every day we're so connected we're meaningfully involved with we're part of and this after all (laughs) is how we'd like to feel people who are just pursuing happiness you know (laughs) it's such a flight flighty thing and, you know, it. you never can catch up with it. How are you happy? Live it! Be yourself and you will experience happiness, blessedness, feelings of goodness and worth and dignity. You like and respect yourself. This, after all, isn't this what we desire for ourselves? Such a right and meaningful way of living will inspire us. Just think about it. it. It enlivens us. We're never bored. We never feel taken off course. We're never cornered into a, a futile place where we can't move. No, we will be inspired with a deep sense of devotion. It evokes commitment in us. You know, we want to make progress. We want to walk this road. This is a glorious road to walk. And you know, it brings forth everything in us that we essentially are all our goodness we become so willing actually so desirous to obey this call upon our lives because it is the highest we can possibly have and that is why we'll give our all to it wow isn't that a wonderful way to live as human beings therefore we are meant to find meaning in our lives. That is why we've been graced with two very distinctly human capacities, namely what Franco calls self-distancing and self-transcendence. Self-distancing means that we have the ability to place ourselves at a distance from ourselves and think about ourselves. We can place ourselves at a distance of what is happening to us and think about it. We have self-awareness. An animal hasn't got self-awareness. That's a distinctly human capacity. And then, more gloriously, is that we have the ability to also rise above ourselves to gain a perspective of our place in the world. All right, we can say, why is this happening to me? What am I to do about it? What is the right course to take? What is it that I'm being asked to do here that will bring about a change in my world, a change in the people with whom I am so intimately involved with. It's a change for the good. So we can rise to a position where we can intelligently realize what is expected of us in each and every situation we are given to deal with. So self-transcendence, too, Frankl said, is the very essence of human existence. It's a uniquely human capacity. This call, Adam, where are you, is a call to step into our lives and live it in the way that is expected from us, the way we have been created to be. We have to realize who we are. Frankel therefore said that we've been gifted with what? responsibility. Somebody calls, we are called upon to give a response, it's an ability we have. Responsibility, therefore, Frankl also said, is the very essence of human existence. Everything revolves around how responsible we are and how responsibly we're living our lives. Because what? We're giving an answer to the one who is questioning us and calling us to task and to rise and be what we have been created to be. So, (laughs) isn't that great? We've been given the task to achieve human greatness. That is why Frankl defines us in the following way. He said what man is, he is not yet, but ought to be and should become. Ah, this is a magnificent way of describing our destiny and purpose in life. Such a commission or a call, of course, must be answered and it can Only be answered in freedom. We have the freedom to decide who we will be and what kind of life we will be living. And we have the freedom to discern what it is and the freedom to give an answer to the call of that question upon our lives. Frankel asserted that human freedom is a freedom from what? We are free from being determined, slung about by life, circumstances and and swaying opinions. And we are not forced or driven in any way. And when any oppressive influence is being exercised on your life, when people tell you what you should do, you should resist it. That's your responsibility. You are not under anybody's control, but under the control of you, of the one who has given you life. So, the freedom is to take up and have the ability to take responsibility for our lives. We are to live accountably. I can say who I am, I can spell out my principles, I can give an account of what I'm doing. Oh my word, what supreme freedom! The freedom of lawfulness is the greatest freedom there is. Because think about it, freedom without responsibility just think about it. That's frightening, isn't it? People who live lawlessly, violently, cruelly, maliciously. It's frightening. Where one can go, how deep you can fall into what decadence you can throw yourself by being irresponsible. It's frightening, you know. That kind of freedom without law is frightening. And it's the kind of lawlessness we are given the task to confront and to have triumph over. By what? By exercising lawfulness. By a free world obedience to the commands that come to us from the transcendent. So we know that our lives must have intent and a direction. Otherwise, what is, what is it for? Just to do what everybody else does and to just fall about and not really know where we're going, what we're doing, going this way, that way. That's not life. Life must have an intent. And that intention is that it has got a direction. It's got a purpose. It's aiming towards a specific end of glory. Why should we? miss it. Oh, what a tragedy that we do. So, we know this is it. You know that we must be going somewhere and that there must be guidelines. We mustn't be left to ourselves. We want to be in a relationship with, we want to be called, we want to be given responsibility, we want to be involved with. We'll see in further discourse that meaning is really a sense of connectedness to something or someone other than ourselves. Meaning is a relationship. Outside of an accountable, involved, fully loving relationship, we are not what we're supposed to be. I don't think that's very difficult to conclude. This will to meaning we intuitively know and sense that the destination is worth the while. It's worth the while. It may be hard. It may involve struggles. It may involve costly choices. It may involve a stand that's not popular. It may involve going against the grain or going upstream. But, oh boy, the destination is glorious. Life is a matter of choice. Isn't that great and glorious? Right, if you choose it in the right way and if it's not... It's horribly frightening and tragic. Just as life is a matter of choice, it's also a matter of direction. And in the final analysis, life is a matter of meaning. Only these guidelines, this way of living, will will make you experience meaning in your life, will make you feel that your life is meaningful. Anything outside of this will fall short of meaning. Also, utterly meaningless and futile. So, having been given the capacity to achieve human greatness, And having been given the responsibility to do so, great worth has been invested in our persons. You know, I always say, what kind of a God is it? That would have made us unable to find our own direction in life, to be able to hear life's call and just leaving it all up to us and to whatever anybody says. And, you know, or that we are unable to rise to human greatness. What kind of a God is that that has made us unable with inabilities or with ingrained failure and, and ingrained badness? An evil? Oh my God! I want to know that what's been given to me is profoundly good. It's something holy that I want to revere, that I want to develop, that I want to live. Right? We are gifted with a mission in life. A mission unique to each one of us. I can't live your life and nor can you live mine. So don't let anybody live your lives for you. Take up, take up your own life and live it in this particular way. Why wouldn't you? Why would you want to miss out? Why would you want to lag behind or even fall away? Oh, how great this responsibility, how awesome, but also how glorious. It's awesomely worthwhile to live this kind of life. There are no snares, nothing to lament or disappointed about in this life. It will not disappoint in fact it will floor you with its greatness and with what you know you were able to achieve and you'd say what brought me here I can look back on my life with such odd gratitude so pleased that I was given this life and this opportunity oh my god it moves me to worship and it is up to you, dear listener, to us, to discover what Frankel had set out as the two fundamentals of logotherapy. And that is that life is an. Un- Conditionally meaningful. Let's refute the lie given to Adam and Eve, did God really say? You know, bad can also be good, and good can also be bad. So you know what? Don't make up your mind in a, a directed and committed way. You know what? Evil is afraid of good. It's got no power of its own. It can only steal from, distort and lie about the truth, but it's got no power of its own. That's why it tries to tempt us out of the way, because it's afraid of us. Oh my word, you know, isn't that glorious? What power has been invested in us as we cooperate because that's the only way we have power is when we are empowered by a relationship with the almighty isn't that great life is unconditionally meaningful uh, It doesn't hold out on us. It doesn't, you know, uh, uh, oh, maybe, maybe I can't fully trust it. You know, maybe this is going to happen and you worry, oh, maybe that's going to happen. And that's unbelief. That's unbelief, isn't it? I can't believe that life is really good. And isn't this a sin against the one who made you in goodness? after his own holy, irrefutably good and wholesome image? My goodness, ask yourself these questions. You know, really reflect upon your life. Come up with these answers because you know they're very clear, actually, if you give them enough thought. So, life is unconditionally meaningful, and here's the second one. And very difficult for us to believe, but this is the breakthrough into the dimension of of unconditional meaning. When you realize that you are unconditionally loved for who you are, God doesn't have, oh, I I don't really think uh, she's up to it, you know, or that one is better than this one. Uh, You were created in love. You are loved. You are meant to experience that empowering love of your person. You are unconditionally love worthy. Okay. But you've got to believe that and you've got to act on that awesomely. You know, it's like a child. If you see how much your parent loves you, do you want to disappoint that love or do you want to live up to it? Do you want to really go into their arms and say, I accept your love, and I love you for loving me? Isn't that glorious? Isn't that a kind of end goal? It certainly appeals to me. And I think if you think about it, it will appeal to you. Think about that saying in the Song of Solomon's, you are altogether lovely, my love. Altogether lovely. So if that's what we have to open up to. And it says, um, I adjure um, the daughters of Jerusalem, do not awaken love before it's time. Don't try and force love. Don't try and prove yourself love worthy. Don't go and look for love. You are loved. And that's what you have to act on. Every other effort, if you're going to look for love, or you're trying to prove that you're love-worthy, means that you don't really believe that you are loved. That's as simple as it is. What we need, therefore, for healing of all our wounds and hurts and our doubts and insecurities, what we need, and this is what Logotherapy does, in terms of bringing meaning into your lives. It's uh, the healing that brings us to a state of optimal living. Because when we have this unconditional faith in the unconditional meaningfulness of life that sees in us unconditional worth, Every doubt about our own worth or the worth of life itself is to be removed from our hearts and taken out of the picture of our lives. This then is the truth of the matter, dear listener. You matter. Your life matters.